0: Hey, really, I should have lost kilos, but for some reason I haven't. I think it's the devil's fault. I've got to blame someone, Ben. Must blame someone. Or the, oh, the ice cream? I didn't have an ice cream. I, I had a split. It's like icy pole, and inside it's not really ice cream. How many? Well, there was a couple there <laughs> daily. Anyway. <laughs> What a hot week. Oh, it's so nice to be in the house. Yeah? It's nice to get together with family. It's actually been a nice week. I've been really blessed. Um, before Mel took off to Queensland to visit her dad, etc., um, she spoke to different people uh, in the church and, and one family from school. And so Samuel had play dates on most days. I had him for one full day and then he had play dates where I was able to drop him off and then sort of pick him up at the end of the day, which was, was really quite nice. Um, but I discovered one of the things that I really enjoyed while Mel and Nathan were away was my time with Samuel. I really enjoyed spending time with him. He's a good kid. <laughs> it was a good week. It was a hot week. It was funny watching him sleep on the couch one night. We've got a small air conditioner in our living area that cools the living area. And for those that don't have air conditioning at all, I apologise in advance for the pain that you're going through with all of the heat. But Samuel just flaked it on the couch one night where the air conditioner was. And um, the funny story about Samuel is he's got his mother's skin, which is really sensitive. It's, he gets eczema. I have Italian oily skin. I wouldn't know what eczema looks like. Wouldn't even know how to spell it if it wasn't for my Australian white skin burning the sun wife. So Samuel has to occasionally cream place special cream where his eczema is. Um, Next time he sleeps on the couch, I think it's important that I put a blanket or a towel down beforehand. So for those of you that may visit one day and wonder what those things on the couch are, you now know what they are in advance. (laughs) Um, God's really been talking to me this week um, about us, about you and I, about what we bring to the table, Uh, who we are, what we are, uh, what... He looks for in us what he lifts inside of us, what he pulls out from within us. Uh, last week and since the beginning of the year, we've been talking about, you know, this year being a year of seeing, 2019, and often we look for the miracle, but often the miracle is in what we see. We miss the miracle, because we're not seeing right often. And last week, I spoke about the church and how we see the church. How do we see Mount Clear? How do we see family? I want to continue on the same theme but different because I want to look at, if this is the year of seeing, then when it comes to our personal life, how do we see us? How do we actually see us? When you look at yourself, what what actually do you see? Because I want to suggest that each and every one of us is special, that Christ has created each of us really exceptionally well. He's made us special. And, and, and I don't normally give sermons titles. I just don't. I, I do for the recording and stuff. But if I was to title today, I would, be, I, I would title it X Factor. We have an X Factor. There's something about us that's different. There's something there should be. And, and, and what's different about you and what's special about you won't be the same for the, for the person next to you. Yeah? It's your own God-given speciality. It's your own God-given X Factor, you know? And, and it's that thing that's, that's inside of us, even when we don't realise what it is, that, that has us set apart. It, it, it makes us so special. It makes us individual, you know. And, and it's that that we can now make a difference. You and I can now make a difference. You as an individual can make a difference. For those of you that struggle with that thought, it's not the person next to you. It's not your spouse. It's not, a, it's not an elder or a leader or a bishop. It's not the Pope. It's actually you. You, 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 you. can actually make a difference regardless. And that difference doesn't have to be in the four walls of the church. It, it's life. And if it's not out in the life, it maybe it's part of all of your life, but you yourself can make a difference. I think often we... Make the mistake of comparing ourselves with others, yeah, and you come away feeling slightly inadequate because they're so gifted. You know, I I love listening to Stephen Furtick when he when he preaches. Like he's, he's I think he's brilliant, yeah. If I was to compare myself to him, I would probably come away not feeling all that good with my skill or talent in being able to speak because I think he's I think he's exceptional. And I th- believe in life, even in work, we often compare ourselves and our skills, what we have with those that are around us. And so we don't often attain the lofty heights that Father God has planned and purposed for us because we've talked ourselves out of it before we've even got there, yeah? I think that's the, the one, one of the major differences between the U.S., and Australia. Um, We we can bag out the US all we like, but the reality is somehow, for some reason, inbuilt in each and every US citizen seems to be this thing that they believe that they're awesome. They think they're the bee's knees. They think they're exceptional. They think they can do everything and anything and better than anybody else. Now, that's not a bad thing, because then we get to Australia, and the minute that you meet someone that's like that, we tell them they're not. You're the same as everybody else. Don't kid yourself. There's nothing special about you yet. Think about our culture, our Australian culture. We raise our kids to say you can do anything for the first few years of their lives, and then so they don't offend anyone else, it's like, hey, stop talking about yourself. I remember having to do that with Samuel. Samuel, I know you're a good footballer. Can you stop telling people? You know, Really, what I should be doing is saying Absolutely. He's the best kid. Oh, he's not better than mine. He smashes your son. My son's the best. I should be talking him up because I know that in a US family, that's what they would be doing and all of a sudden when they get to an adult age, they feel like they can take on the world. There's just something in that that separates them and us, you know? There's something about our culture that loves to bring everyone down to the base common denominator rather than lift everyone up to a a higher-based denominator. I love what... God says here because for me we come away often feeling like that we have nothing or if you want to break the word up like we have no thing to offer nothing that's of any value but that's not true because Ephesians 2 10 says for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do so When I read that, I feel like Papa's telling us in his word that we're special, that we're specially designed, yeah, that we're specially created to do good works which he has already prepared in advance for us to do. That means knowing what he wants you to do, he's already created you with that in mind. yeah. The problem is we don't actually know what it is that he wants us to do and often when he comes to us with what he wants us to do, it all seems a little bit big. But he's created you with that big thing in mind. Yeah? That's the way he's created you. He's already put inside you what you need. The X factor, if you will. Some of that's built up through life, learning, work, you know. And it's different for every one of us. You know, First Corinthians twelve in verses five and six say there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. So he's got something planned and purposed for each of, each of us. Now, I know, I know some of you are thinking, not the person next to me, it's impossible. There's no way in the world that God has something planned and purposed for them. Shock, horror, he does. And it might even be greater than what he's got planned and purposed for you legitimately everyone in this room everyone that's at home everyone that's sitting in a church somewhere god has a plan and a purpose specially designed for them i think that's an outstanding thought it's actually mind-blowing when you think about it because god will do more than we ask think or imagine yeah greater things so when he when it says that he's got something planned for us it's like wow what has it that he's got in store for us I love the fact that it's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. So it's different for every one of us. It's absolutely different. It's different from one partner to the other partner. It's different from one child to another child. It's different from one female to another female. It's different from one male to another male. It's different from one sibling to the other sibling. It's different from one person to the next. We don't have the same gifts. We just don't, you know? So that's why it's futile when we compare. We don't have the same X factor. I'd like to think legitimately that I can sing. I, I, I'm reminded constantly by a handful that are learning grace, You know that I can't as well as I think I can. Yeah? But we all have something that God has specifically designed for you and me, yeah? a gift, an X factor, something just for us so that we can do the stuff that he's got planned for us to do. And in 2019, so when it comes to our lives, what what do we see? Like, what do we actually see? The the issue is we never know when he's going to call upon this gift that's within us. And, 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 And to double that issue is the fact that we often don't know what the gift is within us. And I'm not talking about the spiritual gift of Jesus. We often don't know what it is, what talent that we've got that he's going to use. Often we have things that we don't even realise are a talent that God's going to call up. Yeah, We're too busy looking at everybody else and the great things they're doing with the skill set that they've got. Now, if we're going to be totally honest, let's ask a question. Yeah, How many of us, have ever wondered how you could be used of God? Full stop. Just wonder, I wonder how God's going to use me. Now, I, I'm speaking for myself. How many times have you asked that question and come up without an answer? Yeah? It's unreal. Yet he tells us he's got a plan and a purpose. Yet we ask ourselves this question and we come away thinking, well, I want to do something for you, God, but I can't imagine what it is. I have no idea what it is. There's a great passage or two or three in Exodus. Because I think think Father God does stuff that just blows us away. You know, that He wants to, He He wants to challenge us. He He wants to turn our lives upside down in a good way. Yeah. That way we can't profess that anything that we could possibly have done was through us. But it was only because of Him. Anyway, Exodus 25. I, I, I just want to build this up because. I need us to grab hold of the fact that there are skills, there are things inside of us that we don't even realize. And one day God's going to come calling for that very thing and you're going to say, what, that? Really? Now? Yet that very thing is the thing that's going to bring the presence of God so tangibly into a situation, into a life, into a church, into a community. Yeah. Exodus 25 verse 8, it reads then, Have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. Almost like a straight line of seeds. Anyway, it goes on to Exodus 35, verse 30. That was an in-joke for a couple of people earlier today. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver and bronze to cut and set stones, to work in wood, to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts and he's given them both and Oholiab, son of Ahizamak, of the tribe of Dan the ability to teach others He's filled them with the skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiders in blue, purple, scarlet, yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. All of that to say he's two very unlikely heroes, right? He's two very unlikely people. I, I, I'm going to attempt to say their names again, Bezalel and and Aholiab, yeah? He's filled them with the skill to do all kind of works as engravers, designers, embroiders in blue, purple, and scarlet, yarn, and fine linen. Why, why am I suggesting these guys are unlikely? And why am I talking about this when, it, when I'm trying to get you to see what it is that you see in yourselves? And it's really simple. See, leading up to this, for a few months, more than a million Israelites have travelled. They're wanderers. They're out there in the wilderness, Yeah. They're fleeing from armies, fearing for their lives. Yeah? They don't know where their food's going to come from because they're in the wilderness. They're just wandering, going from one place to the next, hoping they don't get into a fight and hoping that they can find food. Right? You going with me so far? Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Moses or Aaron, I certainly wouldn't be thinking in that season... Right? in that environment. Times are really tough now. We were so lucky to get away from that last army. Geez, we're, we're lucky we got enough food. You know what we need? We need a couple of people. This would make it so much easier. We need a couple of people who can work with fine purple linen. We need embroiders. You going with God's logic here? Out of the blue... What the, running from people that are trying to kill them, trying to find food, and then God just says, "You know what? I need a I need a tabernacle. I need a couple of embroiders and stone carvers." I, I hear what you're saying, God, but what about that army? It's not too far away. It, like it, what 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 I think I need, God? It's Moses. What I I need some warriors. I need you know the the skill set. Remember that guy Stephen Furtick. Remember T D. Jakes. Um, remember whatever that other preacher's name is, Craig Rochelle. I need them because they're fighters, they're warriors. I don't need an embroider. I don't need an embroider for. Yeah, you're capturing at the moment the, almost the silliness of God's request right? at the season that the Israelites are in. On face value, these two guys didn't stand out as important not even relevant considering the plight of the nation and where they are at. Because if I was one of the tribal leaders, I, I wouldn't want someone that could work with fine purple or blue linen. I wouldn't want an embroider. I don't want someone that can scrapbook. Yeah? You're hearing what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want someone that, that... What's all that? Oh, quilting. I don't want someone who can quilt. I really don't need that. I'm glad they can use a needle, but I want someone that can use a spear. Yeah? Yet God's plan was to bless people with his presence and to offer them a way to seek redemption. But for that to happen, he needed specially designed cloth. And to have specially designed cloth meant that he needed specially skilled people to design that cloth in the middle of a time of escaping from war and starvation. I guess it's God. What else would you expect when you're fighting to survive? Of course, He wants an embroider in the middle of fighting to survive. What I love about the picture is because it's almost like an overnight. It's a suddenly. Suddenly, Bezalel and Aholiab became two of the most important people in the camp. God wanted a tabernacle, God was moving where no one had thought he would move. They had no idea. That, would, that came out of the blue, yeah? He, he was specific with what he needed. And if he was going to turn up like never before, they needed to get it right. So overnight, suddenly, their years of training that they thought was just for their family, that was lesser of some of the skill sets of the other Israelites, all of a sudden... Their skills were the most precious commodity. Their skills were the very things that God wanted. Their skills that they themselves had probably questioned and doubted because they weren't as popular as some of the other tradesmen or some of the Israelite men or women. All of a sudden, it was what God needed. They were leading workers. They were managing resources. And, and, And I just think at the beginning of 2019... When it comes to our lives, what do we see? If God can use these guys, then maybe he can use us. Just maybe, yeah? But if we let him. See, I think Father God may well want your gift when some of the others around you don't think your gift's needed yet. Yeah? You're hearing what I'm saying? Maybe Father God wants your gift... When you yourself and those around you don't think your gift's needed yet, we still need warriors. Yeah, We still need people to hunt and find food. No one thought the Israelites needed stone carvers until Father God spoke up. Yeah? There's a, an awesome quote by Catherine Booth, the co-founder of the Salvos. And she says, if we are to better the future we are to to disturb the present. If we are to better the future, we are to disturb the present. Maybe God wants to use something in you that's going to disturb your life. Maybe he's going to ask you to do something that's going to better the future, but right now, today, is going to freak you out. It's going to be a total, out of the blue, you know what? This is not my plan, God. Who likes when plans are changed? I hate when plans are changed. Ask my wife, hate it. Even if I think I'm getting something for dinner and it changes, I don't say anything, but deep down inside, it's like, you've got to be joking. You said this, why are we eating that? What happened to this? Seriously, I don't like change. If we're going in one direction and then we have to turn this way, like I've got to almost drive around the block two or three times just to let it all settle before I go. You know, like that's what I'm like. Sometimes God's going to do something. I wonder how many of the Israelites were absolutely freaking out that God wants them to stop and build a tabernacle. Have you got an idea, God, that we just escaped with our life? Do you know that our children have just got enough food? You really want us to stop and build a tabernacle exactly to those dimensions? And them, those two, they're going to teach us what to do? Those stoning, engra- those They're embroiders, God. They work with fabric. They're not real tradesmen. We need real tradesmen, God. I think that in this situation, all the Israelites were totally disturbed and probably peeved at having to stop and put their lives at risk to build a tabernacle. Because I know one thing, whenever Moses said anything, they just seemed to fight it. It didn't matter where it came from. Moses said something, they fought it. Moses said, hey, this is what God wants. I I can guarantee you, it's in their character. They would afford it. But Father God disturbs the present by calling on some unknowns to build what he needed to bring his presence. Yeah? I just reckon that in this room alone, Father God wants to call something out of some of you to build his presence. Yeah? To build something that no one else can build. When you're thinking, but the other person next to me is better equipped, better skilled to bring his presence. All Father God is saying, I know what I need. I don't need warriors. I don't need hunters. I need you. You. So in 2019, when it comes to you, what do you see? Because I can tell you what I see, but you need to be able to see it, yeah? Father began to build a better future for the nation with people that others would never have imagined, yeah? And there'll come a time, I think, when he'll disturb the present to bring forth his presence in a more tangible way for us. And to do that, he may need to get the gift that you don't even realise is inside of you. So again, I ask, when you look at your life, your experience, your training, your talents, what do you see? Do you compare yourself with others? Do I compare myself to others? Zac Ephron, six-pack, occasionally. And find yourself wanting, obviously. Or do you see the, unique, the actual uniqueness that is you? The uniqueness that is you, that Father made you. That you are where you're supposed to be because he's placed you. That your life, with all of its ups and downs, with all of your different jobs, different schools, different learning, different partners, yeah, all of that has moulded you to be the exact person, skilled with the exact X factor that Father God needs. What do you see? Because God has created us with a purpose in mind, He has a plan for us, and with that plan, He created us an individual us, an individual you, yeah. He has a purpose for us. And with that purpose, he has skilled you like nobody else. That purpose is for you and you alone. I, I just—I wrote here, I feel I need to encourage someone today. Father God is calling and needs you, your gift, your talent, yeah, your X factor. And that doesn't mean just in the four walls of the church. Yeah? Where does he need you? Where does he need you? 1 Peter 4.10 says each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. He needs you. Think about it. Father God used Esther. Yeah, If you know the story of Esther where she was and she was beautiful but if you read it she didn't even know she had the courage to do what she did. She was frightened but she realized that there's something in me that nobody else has got. And for her, it was her beauty and position. And so she used it for God, yeah? And what about the boy with the loaves and fishes? Now, he only had loaves and fishes, but he had something that even the disciples didn't have. He had faith. And he brought his faith and God used it, yeah? What about the centurion? Even better, the centurion with Jesus. He didn't have a faith faith, But because of his work, because of his training, because of everything that he'd been through, he was perfectly positioned and skilled to believe everything that Jesus could do. Yeah? It was his training, it was his work. You know, even the jobs that we don't like, some of those jobs, the skills that we learn, are exactly what you need to learn for what God wants to do through you. Yeah? Maybe, just maybe, some of us have more strength within us than we realize. You know, maybe we have more faith than those that we have always believed have got more faith in us. You know, maybe all the years of learning and training and work and terrible positions and bosses that we want to slap, yeah. Teachers we want to kill, no one wants to kill a teacher, I know. Only the students. Maybe, maybe they have and we have been positioned perfectly to learn and garner something for such a time as this yeah I just wonder I I think it's hard it can be hard when the gifts that we have don't look like they fit into the season that we're in think about it when the gifts don't look like they fit into the season we're in didn't look like they needed embroiders, but that's what God asked for it's even harder when we don't realise the gifts that we have, the talents that we have are actually special to God. He's given them to us, however they've come about, whether it was a miraculous touch or whether it was a season of learning. God has a plan and a purpose. hasn't changed yet. Yeah? Even harder is when he finally comes and says, that's what I need you to do. And then we've got to step out in faith. That's then that's really tough, isn't it? But you have, and we are, the X factor that Father God needs. Yeah? What often feels like or seems like nothing to us is something to Him. He can take our nothing, like our God can take our nothing and make it something. You know, do you remember the old ad? Who remembers the old, it's the bubbles of nothing that make it really something? Yeah. The kids have no idea what that is. It's an arrow bar. Yeah, right, and especially the mint one, that was awesome. The bubbles of nothing made it really something. I want to know how they can give us a chocolate bar full of bubbles, which means it has less weight and charges the same as a normal chocolate bar. That was ingenious. It's bubbles of nothing that make it ingenious, <laughs> But God can take our nothing and he can make it something. If Cabri can do it, he certainly can. He took what looked like nothing into a weapon against the enemy. He took some stone carvers and some embroiders. And he brought about his presence coming, yeah, often, all the time, because the truth is that God's in it all. Here's another thought for us, yeah, to encourage us. God calls Moses with, you know, the burning bush. We know the burning bush story. And he calls, calls Moses. Moses is w- walking along. And he, when, when, when he notices the burning bush, he stops and he turns towards it, yeah, and God calls him. Now, when God actually calls him, calls him, Moses has four excuses why God can't use him. Right? Four excuses. God then gives him four answers why I, I can use you. And I don't know about any of you, but in my life I've had plenty of excuses why God can't use me. Yeah? Plenty of excuses. With Moses, Moses starts off by saying, but who am I? I reckon that's got to be the greatest Fallacy of all time because the reality is that in God we have a, a new identity yeah? an original design a son and daughter of the most high that's seated in heavenly places we're his ambassadors yeah? and Mo- Moses asks who am I but God answers it doesn't matter Moses who you are <laughs> what's important is who I am and I'm going to be with you so that skill that you have I don't care that you think you can't that you're not good enough I'm telling you that you are good enough and I'm going to be with you so now go do it and then he says, but I won't know what to say. And God says, listen, don't worry, I'll answer for you. I don't know what to do. That's okay. I'm going to do it through you. Yeah. Moses keeps arguing, but the people, they won't listen to me. Right? God answers and he says, that's okay. I'm going to walk through, work through power and they're going to see and they're going to believe. People aren't going to listen to me, God. I'm not going to be able to do that. I won't be able to change whatever it is that God's called you to out there. But God's saying, don't worry, I'm going to do it through power. People will see, and they're going to believe, yeah? And then finally Moses goes, I can't speak well. I don't have the skills. I don't have the skills. God knew he had the skills. Moses kept fighting. Had to get somebody else to speak on his behalf. You and I, I, hear me, church, we have the skills. Like We flat out have the skills and I think sometimes we have similar thoughts and we make up similar excuses like Moses as to why we can't do something we have similar doubts what I have God is nothing it's not good enough I'm not learned enough I'm not theological enough I'm not good with my hands I, I don't speak very well I don't have favor I you know But Father's going to answer us with similar answers that he gave Moses. So in 2019, when it comes to your life, what do you see? When God first calls Moses, he was a doubter. At the beginning of his ministry, he was natural. But Father God does something extraordinary to give him courage. And he asks him a question and does a supernatural. And in Exodus 4, verse 2, it reads, And the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. Some versions say a rod. Some say a stick. yeah. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, became a snake. He ran from it. And the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out, took, it, took hold of the snake, turned it back into a, into a staff in his hand. When God asked Moses what he had, and Moses answers a rod, a stick, a shepherd's staff, what he's saying is, God, it's nothing. What I've got is nothing. I have nothing. I've got this stick. I use it to walk because I walk long ways. It's not important. It's not valuable. It has no special power. There's no skill. It's nothing. It's just a rod. It's just a stick. But what is nothing to us, what's insignificant to us, yeah, is something to God. You think about it. When, with Moses... God uses this stick and he goes and confronts Pharaoh. He uses the stick to turn water into blood, to bring frogs out of the land, to cause lice through Egypt. He causes Moses to use this stick. When he parts the sea, he stretches out the stick that was nothing. When he crosses, and they all cross, and then the waters come back, he stretches the stick back over the waters. What he thought was nothing God could use, yeah? All he had to do was give it to God because the rod is nothing special of itself. It's just a stick. But what makes it special, what makes it and what gives it the X factor is that is what Moses had. What have you got? In 2019, what do you see? What do you have? When it comes to your life, what do you see? God didn't ask Moses what he didn't have. God never asks you for what you don't have. He doesn't point out where we're lacking. He's not like that. He does work in our weaknesses, but when he calls us to something, he doesn't point out where we're, what we're lacking. He actually points to what we have. We are the ones that make up the excuses. We don't have money. We don't have education. We don't have position. We don't have the skills. but for god even what we do have even when it seems small is enough we just need to be available don't we yeah in 2019 we just need to be available think about it just need to be available all i you know i have no skills at all all i can do is bake all right we'll bake bake some muffins for the church on a sunday we'll have fellowship afterwards do that who cares uh, all i can do is i'm good with trees all right, we'll start a business landscaping. And while you're at it, practice on the church. Use it as your card, you know? Like, what is it that you have? All I can do, paint, but churches don't let me paint. All right, well, let's create the space for you to paint. Yeah? What is it that you have that only you have that God's calling that makes no sense to those around you or even to you yourself? What is it that we have? Because all we have to do is be available. Would the rod, the stick, have been used if it remained a stick? No. It was just that Moses said, all I've got's a stick. And God goes, okay, well, I'll use that then, throw it to the ground. If Moses had kept it in his hand, it would never have changed into a snake. If Moses had kept it in his hand, it would never have been special. But when he actually re- released it to God, then God did what God needed to do with it. When it comes to your life, what do you see? What have we got in our hands? Because it's not our ability, it's not our knowledge, it's not our talent, it's not even the size of our gift. All that matters is how much of God you're going to allow in your stick, in your skill, in your talent. Yeah. Why don't we stand? See, that that stick that was nothing to Moses, that's a symbol of surrender. The gift that God's going to call out of you is going to be a, a symbol of surrender. Yeah? And when God gets in it, it's enough. When God gets into your talent, your gift, no matter how small it is, Moses says it's just a stick. He drops it on the floor becomes a snake it disturbs him so much that he runs from it it shocks him it freaks him out yeah you may actually when God calls you release the gift the talent the thing that God has placed in you and as you give it to him he does something so supernatural through it that you're going to step back and think "Flippin', what the heck where did that business come from Where did those inquiries come from? I've never painted anything like that before. My voice has never sounded like that. My muffins have never been so good. Seriously. When you give it to God, God does what only God can do. Yeah, We just have to give it to Him when He asks. So in 2019, what do we see? I wonder... This is just to disturb our peace as we go into today. Right. I wonder if the miracle that someone's waiting for, yeah, is the gift that's in us that God's calling for. Huh. Well, that's a I wish I could and we could afford another one, but it's like that's a poof, mic drop. Yeah. I wonder if the miracle that someone's waiting for is a gift in you that God's calling for. I wonder. We need to ask God to get in our stick, yeah? To get in our baking, to get in our raking, to get in our painting, to get in our voices, get into our my preaching, to get into our relationships, to get into stuff. We need to ask Him to get into stuff. And here this is this is for somebody, yeah. Moses held that stick for a really long time. He had it for a really long time. He was a shepherd in the desert for a really long time before God called him. Some of you have got your stick, your gift, your talent, your X fact and you've held on to it for a really long time because you see it as nothing. Yeah? Hear me. It's not nothing. Moses held his for a really long time, but his gift, his stick left, led a nation. Yeah, Just because you are who you are and you've been who you are for a really long time and you've got your set of skills and talents that you feel as though you know and they're worthless and they're not good for anything because there's people out there that can do so much better and so many other things than you can. That stick just needed, a t- needed to be touched by God and it was changed, yeah? Our gift just needs to be touched by God and it'll be changed. Hmm. I wonder if God knew the doubts that we'd have when he inspired these words in Hebrews ten twenty four. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Here's my challenge for us all as we head 2019, apart from what do you see with your own life? Challenge those around you to good works. If you know they've got a skill and a talent that you think is outstanding, challenge them. Challenge them to good works. Motivate them. Motivate one another to acts of love and good works because you are special, designed with a plan and purpose. You are special. You have the X Factor. If we make ourselves and our gifts available to Father God, he'll take them and he will make them his. Yeah? And I said before, maybe, just maybe, we have more strength within us than we realise. Maybe we have more faith than those that we thought had lots of faith. You know, Maybe all the years of learning and training and work has positioned us to be the person that our God needs in such a time as this. Because God's created you for a reason. He can do more than we ask, think or imagine. Can't he? God can take what we think is nothing, our no thing, and he can make it something, especially this year. So what do you see? Let's close our eyes for a moment. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're always calling us forward. God, I thank you that you're always calling us up. Lord, I thank you that you don't leave us the way that you find us. Father, I thank you that you're always refining us, that you're always molding us. I thank you that with every passing breath, Lord, you are making us more and more into the image of your son Jesus with ever increasing glory. Lord, I pray that as we look to 2019, Lord, when we look into the mirror, God, that we would see something special. Then we, When we look into the mirror, God, we would hear the words that you speak over us, Father, not what the world has and, Lord, not what we have. I pray that we would start to believe in ourselves the way that you believe in us. Father, I pray that our ears would be sensitive to your call, that, Father, when you call and you say to us, what is it that you have? rather like, Rather than being like Moses and saying, it's just a stick, it's nothing, Lord, that we might say, Lord, I have me. I have my years of learning. I have this skill, this talent, Lord God, because I know in that moment that's what you'll use. And Father, I know that there are times when you're going to call on us that it's going to look ridiculous, that it's going to disturb the peace around us. That, Father, at that time, Lord, it'll look like that different things are needed, different people with different callings and different talents. But at that moment, Lord God, all you want is us and our skill. Lord, may we be ready When you call, may we be the fine purple linen embroiders that you're looking for, God. May we be the stone carvers that have been learning our skill our whole life, ready to be released that the presence of God may come. Lord, may we be the difference that our family needs, that this church needs, that this community needs, that Ballarat needs. May you call out of us all that you need, Father God, to do the work that you have planned and purpose for us to do. Lord God, may we take, Lord, this thought away today of what we see when we look at ourselves. And Father, may we be changed forevermore that people around us, Lord, would also discover you, that you would be glorified, Lord, that your name would be lifted up above all other names. So, Father, we thank you for today. Set this word, this challenge, this truth into our hearts, Lord God, that we might share it with our friends and families. Lord God, may it be a wonderful Sunday and a wonderful 2019. Help us to see, God. Help us to be the miracle that someone's waiting for. And everybody said? Let's have a great day.